Hi guys, this is Tony from Shelf Help and welcome to the third episode of our new podcast series, Moving Forward, in which I'll be sharing some brilliant conversations and advice from self-help authors and experts on how we can learn and move forward from these extraordinary times with optimism and purpose. Today's guest describes herself as an intuitive, a healer, a teacher, and at the age of 61, still a work in progress. I love her already. Laura Day is also a New York Times bestselling author who has spent nearly four decades helping brands and companies and thousands of people, including celebrities like Gwyneth Paltrow and Demi Moore, to use their brains, perceptions and sixth sense to realise their goals. Laura is all about practical intuition and demystifying psychic ability to harness positive change. As a result of the coronavirus, she moved her teaching work online to Instagram and Zoom to share her skills and insights with a new generation of self-healers, and it's created a whole new community in the process. So who better to talk to us about moving forward and what the future might hold? Enjoy. Hi, Laura. So nice to have you on the line. Um, Thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. Where are you today? What, what's happening? In Chelsea, I'm looking at a garden and a sunny day. It's a beautiful day today, isn't it, in London? Beautiful. So most of our lives, I think everybody's life is different than it was three months ago. So how different does your life look today? But I know you're not usually based in London, so your location, your work, your family, what's changed for you? I have a 28-year-old who just got married in July, he um, he's a creative executive in film in Los Angeles, and this is the longest in my entire in his entire life. Uh, I, I've never gone for more than eight weeks, so that has been the most interesting, difficult, but also wonderful in ways change for me. Everything else, I've been in London since August, and with the intention of of uh, living here more and. Really, that is the only thing in the daily structure of my life that's changed because I've worked for the same companies for almost 30 years as a psychic and predicting the future, basically. So, and I do that by phone. I am with my husband. We're both writers. So we're at home a lot. My trainer is making me work out on Zoom and she doesn't let me out of it. So my health is great. Um <laughs> I am doing more housework, which I found I'm dreadful at, and I'm cooking, which I found I'm not as bad as I thought at, thank heavens. But really for me, what's changed the most is that I I, um, realized that I had something to offer that I could offer over the, I don't even know what you call it, over the computer, Um, that I didn't have to do a workshop in person, and that there was a real need my voice right now which made me feel wonderful so I've been doing lots of free workshops and I go on Instagram live almost every night and I've basically been training a crop of psychics of intuitives and uh, of healers and it's been so much fun I feel like I have a whole new community it's been a, a, a really wonderful experience in the sense that I feel like it's given what I do a a new context which is always you know purpose is everything Mm. and it's amazing that it's like you sounds like you've really taken the opportunity to try new technologies and you've been able to access people that you would never have been able to access before maybe the way the way I earn a living is I I I predict the future for companies and I've had the same companies I only uh, read individuals in workshops when they're learning and I only Mm -hmm. usually do one real workshop a year 
But what happened, and this is the way intuition works, is before the pandemic, all of a sudden I thought, well, you know, I'm in London and I didn't know as many people here, so there weren't as many demands on my social time. And I thought, well, you know, I may as well get to, you know, figure out how this computer stuff works. I was born in 1959. I still think an electric typewriter is amazing. So I I thought, okay, let me find it. Let me figure this out. So I started doing Instagram lives and once in a while a Facebook live and just doing kind of free mini workshops. And then the pandemic hit and people were terrified and they didn't know what to do and they were lost and they were disconnected and they were depressed, but they often couldn't get to help and people were sick and realized they didn't have a social network. And I posted a free workshop and in 48 hours, well over a thousand people signed up. And I thought, okay, here I can be useful. So that it was prepared. My precognition worked for me. I always like to train people because I think that the ability to get information that you need, that you can act on out of the blue, seemingly, is can be life-saving, especially at times where the old paradigms don't work, you know, where your old structures are being challenged. So I'm I'm so grateful that I have have something to offer and so grateful that people want to want to learn. Let's talk a little bit about prediction, which is obviously a lot of what you do, and the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter uprising at the moment. Was there a feeling something was happening? Did you make any changes in your life or your clients' lives according to what was about to to hit? Did you have any idea? Well, you know, the way that I use intuition in my life, that's not exactly the way it works. I use a process, which is my fourth book called The Circle, where I know my areas where I need alerts. And I don't want to know them. I just want to prepare for them without having to be worried. So Mm -hmm. I... Let me put it this way. When things shut down, I had enough toilet paper for the entire neighborhood. I I prepared for it without knowing that it would be a pandemic, you know, without scaring myself. I think because I do work with big companies, I am uh, very focused on the financial prediction. But I I wasn't I was prepared uh, in a way that I'm I'm not usually so clearly on some level. I knew, you know, intuition is not supposed to, you're supposed to repress what frightens you and makes you an actor. If I had seen that that was going to happen before it happened, you know, really seen it as as a movie, as I often get things, I would have just been immobilized by fear. So I think that people, whereas companies need to know in a, in a data-oriented way, this is what's going to happen. This is how to prepare for it. With people, it's better that, to set your internal automatic pilot in a way that you know when something's wrong with your relationship, but you're not always looking. You prepare for the eventualities in your life without being afraid ahead of time. You know, Because on some level, I think the, the goal is to enjoy this moment in your life and people live in the wrong time zone people spend so much time in the past as if they could be made whole there which they can't and so much time in the future which you can only change in the present so in a sense Mm. that mindfulness 
of doing what you can do now. I always tell my students, especially now, focus on the can do. And people say, well, but there's inequality and we can't get toilet paper and we can't get food. And I said, you know what? There always was. Now we see it. That's so wonderful. Because when you see a symptom, you can begin finding the cure. Whereas when you don't see a symptom, you can't. The exception being anxiety, which I know we're going to talk about later. Hmm. I love the term um, psychologically prepared, because I think obviously we're a a self-development book club, self-help. And I think a lot of the time we do all this work to get these tools and strategies in place. But then when the shit hits the fan, we, we we can dig deep into those. And maybe we don't always know why we're doing it. And like you were saying, if you know too much, you can be immobilized. So just being able to go into situations and not be frozen by anxiety is so powerful, isn't it? What what practices do you use? Do you apart from your intuition? Are there any practices that you've always used and that maybe now you're leaning on even more? Oh, absolutely. And I'm doing them with the group. I, first of all, there is so much research on how when you join energy and kind of your brain begins to mimic each other's frequency, how you can direct events how you can affect cells at a distance there's you know i'm a science nerd and there's so much research on that so everyone thinks i'm being so generous going on every night and doing ritual but actually i'm doing it for me as well the the thing that we forget and i'd love to give you a couple steps that people can use right now because i know that these are challenging times and it's it's important not to be flooded with information but just to have some simple can do steps first of all you need to have a goal and for many of you what happened was and this happens not just during a pandemic you have a goal you want to find love or you want a great job or you want to get your finances together or you want to get in shape and then something comes out of left field and derails you now part of the blessing which is also a curse, is that we are made up of our patterns. And many of those patterns were put in place before we were even verbal. I always tell my students, you have your first six years and then you spend the rest of your life healing them. So if you had a perfect childhood, you know, because you're you're not who you were as a child, you're not who your parents were, and you need patterns that support a new reality, and those always change. So the, the very most important thing for people to do is not be knocked off your primary goal. If you wanted to fall in love before the shit hit the fan, that is should still be your goal. And this is just a roadblock that you move through and you find innovative ways to do it. Um, if you wanted a better job before the pandemic, really always need to keep purpose in your actions. What happens when you do that is that your Old habits come up for investigation because they get in your way. You walk right into them. And as they come up for investigation, what happens is, A, intuition gets engaged and begins to make you notice opportunities you didn't notice before. Uh, But also, you begin to send out a different message, even if you see nobody telepathically. 
And once again, there's 60 years of research on telepathy. Now we can see telepathy exists because we can measure people's brains at a distance and see that when one person sends a certain frequency to another and they don't even know it's happening, their brain changes to mirror that frequency. So now we have the science, but it, the, the, the science really isn't useful. It's the practice that's useful. And when you have a goal and when you put one foot in front of the other and when you uh, deal with the obstacles without over mystifying them. Oh, this means I'm on the wrong track. Oh, this means it'll never happen. You know, simply keep, keep on your track, but allowing your patterns to begin to be flexible, which by the way is great to do in crisis because your patterns, excuse my French, are shot to shit. Then all <laughs> of a sudden alchemy happens. And one way to encourage that is ritual. During times of discombobulation at the best, trauma at the worst, you need to immediately find some new routine. It doesn't have to be a packed routine, but your, your patterns hold you together as well as, you know, keeping you from moving forward. So you need to create rituals that address old patterns or address your new situation. So one ritual I do is, is to go on Instagram every day to join with the community, to hear what their needs are, to let them know what mine are, to put people together, uh, to be able to help one another, to train them, to be able to know what's going on and prepare using their intuition, because intuition really is the only thing we have to tell the future. So, so ha have a goal, connect. There's always a way to connect, even if it's just going on your steps and smiling at the people who walk by. Really make an effort to connect and suspend the illusion that you're separate. Because one of the things that physics and other sciences are showing us is that we live in a unified field and we need to use that. How do we use that? By allowing an experience of something good spending a little more time in your can-do and in the sunny rooms of your house, which doesn't mean that you don't see obstacles. It's that when you see an obstacle, you say, okay, this is more information to get me to my goal. Because clearly if I'm seeing an obstacle on my way here, even if the obstacle is a pandemic and you know an awareness of inequity that we didn't realize before, it's grist for the mill, as Ram Das would say. You know, you you use it, you use it to work through. But it's it's so important not to over mystify these things because these are simple human abilities that, if you engage them, will will be life changing. And which is why I'm really doing all these free workshops is because I think that people this is an opportunity for all of us to change how we run our world, to change our lives, to make space for the things we really want that maybe we were rushing around too much to, to be able to entertain. I mean, most of our energy is spent holding on to what we have. And sometimes that's a good thing to investigate. You know, it's scary. Change is really scary and mammals are hardwired not to uh, seek change, but 
But change is, uh, it is really a fact of life. And we spend so much time in denial of change instead of just fully engaging with what is, because whatever's going on is the lesson plan. Yeah, absolutely. And I think optional change is really hard, isn't it? But when it's, <laughs> it's been served up to us, hasn't it, in the last few months, we've, we've had to all change and adapt. And I think it's really important talking about the connection uh, with people, because whether you are whether you know anything about intuition or energy or whether you think you're spiritual or at all i think every single person i know the one thing that they have missed the most from the lockdown from the pandemic is connection it's people it's experiences isn't it it's not shopping it's probably not work it's not lots of things that we that we are chasing all the time so this time to kind of reevaluate what's important to us I think we can all connect with that for sure um, are you able to like you're talking about how we're all intuitive is are there any ways that we can get better at it the simplest most important thing is a remember it's an innate skill b don't engage in complicated practices like having to meditate for 20 minutes beforehand and not holding a crystal and saying a word and no, when you know your targets, when you know your goals or questions, intuition begins to engage. And the more that you don't over mystify fate, the more your subconscious is going to allow you to see that information, or not all of us are visual, but to experience that information. So I really, mm. one of the first things I, I say to people, and with the circle, I have people pick one goal. But the first things I say, are write down your questions, also document, because intuition isn't about some vague sense. Intuition is very precise. And, and it's useful because of its precision, because you can prove or disprove it. You need to document your intuitions. And especially if you're anxious, because what you'll find is that all the things you're anxious about rarely happen, but a lot of other bad stuff does that you're so anxious and you're so hyper-focused on what you're anxious about that, that those are the things that really, that really get you. Whereas if you're engaged in life you know, powerfully, you're engaged in life proactively, but you need to know your goals, you need to know your questions, and you need to be flexible with them. Um, you know, one of the things that I always tell my students is that po positive thinking is very dangerous, because if a bullet's coming at you, and you don't see it, and you don't move out of the way, then you're in trouble. Negative thinking is also dangerous, because if all you're seeing is what can go wrong, that's all you're seeing. You've narrowed your vision to all the possibilities for things to go right. Empowered, and we have so much trouble being empowered, empowered, realistic thinking, which sounds like, gee, I'm, I'm not sure I'm really qualified to make a living right now, and I can get the skills, and I'm going to figure out how, because I'm responsible for my life and I can do even if I feel like I can't do feelings aren't fact you know so really important to be in a place to be in the present you know not too much time in the past if you need to know something in, in the future once you really are aware of what your important things are in your life intuition is not subtle it will knock you over the head with what you need to know but you need to document it because the only difference between psychic and psychotic is that your information is right. Otherwise, you're hearing things other people don't hear and seeing things other people don't see. And there's good medication for that. It really, seriously, I mean, I am so, I get so upset 
at how people, and mostly for profit, over-mystify this simple, useful human ability. And I also am really um, disturbed by how we've removed spirituality from life. If you Mm. believe in spirituality in the, you know, uh, 2020 description of it, it is that spirit is our oneness, right? Well, you can't not be spiritual. You're always part of the oneness. The hard part is being human. The hard part isn't non-attachment. It's attachment. It's attaching knowing that attachment is always risky, whether it's to a person, an ideal, a thing, because both opportunity and loss go hand in hand, you know, and, and it is a very, it's really, um, I think that those are very important things to, to uh, be aware of that you're always spiritual. Your transcendence should be your commercial break. Life is what evolves spirit. I mean, every, if something doesn't have meaning, if something doesn't have a deep sense of purpose for you, you either need to find the purpose in it or you need to question why you're doing it. And, and you know, I've done jobs I've hated. What was the purpose? I mean, you know, when my son was little, I'd take clients. I, I love all my clients now, and I've had them for decades. But when my son was little and I had to pay New York private schools and save for college and all those other things, I did jobs I didn't like, but they I, I reminded myself they were meaningful because they allowed me to support my child beautifully. So it's really important to find the meaning and to question. If you're in a relationship that doesn't have meaning, why are you in it? You know, if you're eating something that doesn't do something special for you, why are you eating it? I love the idea of just questioning. That's what our book club is all about. We want to empower our members to know themselves and then to love themselves. And to do that, we connect them to ideas and principles and authors and experts like you. But ultimately, it's just asking yourself, why do I want these things? Why am I chasing this path? Why am I with this person? What about relationship with self? How important do you think that is? And what, and what would you say your relationship with yourself is? Um, my relationship with myself has made me write six self-help books. Um, I came from a very abusive background. I have two siblings who've suicided in the last six years. My mother suicided. I mean, I, by description, should not even be standing. And I, I do feel that, um, that intuition has, has really saved me. It's always, no matter how much trouble my history, my patterning, my subconscious gets me into, my intuition is always able to kind of pull me out at the last minute. Uh, and I also have severe ADD. So, so ways other people uh, perceive are very hard for me. I get lost two blocks from my home in New York, which I've owned for nearly 40 years. People say you write the book you need, you teach the oh, thing you need to teach yourself. Absolutely. I mean, I, intuition is not what I need. I teach what saved my life. But The Circle, mm. Welcome to Your Crisis, both books I've really needed. I've learned a lot really kind of recently about my relationship Uh, to myself. And it's interesting how you can sometimes teach something effectively without being able to employ it effectively yourself. And I've Mm -hmm. realized that loving myself actually is not the goal. The goal is 
to change the things that I don't love about myself, to, to see myself as a work in progress, to forgive mm-hmm. myself for what, for what is unlovable, but to require of myself to make best efforts always, to, uh, to clean up my own messes, to apologize when I've done wrong, to um, one of the things that I think growing up in lack has really helped me do, and I've really noticed it during this period, is I realized during this period where a lot of people didn't have that that my that I really have a lot, maybe even more than my fair share, and that that I didn't that I, it, I really needed to focus on gratitude and on generosity uh, because mm. I, I think that when you grow up with a lot of trauma, you're always banking it for trauma. And I realized, you know, I, I, I really, there are people who, who really, who really need, you know, I could get this person groceries or I could give this thing away that normally I charge for and I can change a life because what more do I need? And so I really, I think I really got in touch with my gratitude, which is sometimes hard in my relationship with self because I desperately miss my sister and I desperately miss my brother, even though I experience them in a unique way that I think many people don't experience their dead people. But I have a wonderful son and a wonderful daughter-in-law. And one of the things I've realized being quarantined with my husband is it was the outside world that made trouble. When we're alone together, we are so happy, you know, that it's just being overscheduled and having premiere or a party or a this or a that and not having time to just sit and be, just feel how fortunate we are to have found each other. So, so my relationship with myself, that was a long answer to your question. My relationship with myself is a work in progress. It is definitely in flux. When I have something to offer that's of value, it certainly is better. But, you know, I think what I've observed in both myself and my students, once you resolve one issue, another one comes up. Because what my experience is, is it's not spirit that evolves us. It's our human efforts that evolve spirit. And being a human is no, you know, it's not, it's not for the weak of heart. It's a lot of work. And we need to respect both ourselves and one another for how much work it takes to be the human still standing, even imperfectly. Because if you, if you go from that empowered place and say, okay, I'm not this yet. I don't have this yet. I can't do this yet. Then all of a sudden, Anxiety does fade away because you realize your anxiety is really, it's not intuitive. You know, intuition doesn't come through anxiety. Intuition comes from there's something you need to do and it shows you how or it shows you how to prepare for something coming up. But, but when you're really engaged in life, in what you can do in this moment, anxiety has an interesting way of dissipating. And the number one, my number one cure for anxiety is I get engaged in helping somebody else. With me, it's often intuitively. My husband always jokes that people call up and they say, hi, Laura, how are you doing? Oh, by the way, I just have one question. Um, But he doesn't realize that's my psych med. You know, you don't want to see me on vacation when my brain can eat itself. You talk a lot about resilience throughout your work. And obviously, you've, you've shown a lot of resilience in your life. And 
the idea of this podcast is talking about moving forward. Is it about being empowered and, and planning? It's, it's knowing I always had a goal. I always had people to take care of. So, you know, often what you won't do for yourself, you'll do for someone else and it can become life-saving. I am um, a can-do person. I'm an anxious person, like most children of trauma, but I'm a can-do person. You know, I, I look for what, where I can do, where I can connect, where I can engage. And I think that that's, that's a really important thing. Um, I, I do my own circle workbook, so a lot of prediction is in there, and I can read what I've written in my predictions and say, oh, okay, this is the part you're in now. This is the part you've just passed. You were right about that. And look, look what's coming up, and here's how to create it now. So, I mean, I think that those things are really helpful. And also, I, I really try to not have pride because pride is a lot to protect. I think that that strength is highly overrated because strong things break. Whereas if you can be pond slime at the bottom of the pool on Tuesday and the top of the mountain on Wednesday, and if you can find that thing that's the same thing about you that's of value in both situations, boy, have you got it made. You have to protect the core. And we can't all love each other love ourselves and we certainly can't love ourselves all the time and frankly a lot of the time we you know we should be critical of ourselves we make a lot of excuses um i'm tough on my students i don't let them make excuses they'll they'll be you know like oh i don't care about this relationship and i'm like no you're just afraid to mourn because all you've been talking about for the last three months is how you don't care about this relationship you lost Let's shift the telepathy, let's care about it, and let's see if maybe it comes back or a new relationship comes in. Really not putting so much energy in a false front is so helpful. And, and I really try as a teacher to let my students know uh, both what a masterpiece I am and what a mess I am. I think the idea of being a work in progress forever is something really empowering to accept, isn't it? And there's so much, what I love about self-help is the, the systems that worked for me, I can now give to someone else. It's like reparenting. And, and I can find other people's systems useful to me. I learn a lot from my, from my students who don't start off very, um, very tuned into their intuition, but who are incredibly grounded which is what I need to learn. So I think also everybody is, is a teacher. And I think it's so important to realize no matter how badly you feel about yourself, you are a teacher. You have something unique. Of that unified energy that's all of us, you are a necessary and unique piece. And it's a gift and an obligation to allow yourself to be the teacher. Agreed. Totally agreed. Um, final question to you. How do you feel about the future right now? And this could be personally to you or on a more on a global scale, I suppose. Globally, I am excited. I am less worried than I was a year ago. I feel like we, you know, a pediatrician will tell you when you know something's wrong, but you can't identify the symptom. That's when you're really in trouble. We know what the symptoms are. We, we cannot leave part of the human race out. That's not humanity. 
and we do live in an interconnected world and we need to learn to protect it so we don't have another pandemic so we have clean water so we have land to grow food on you know so we have a habitable planet so I actually feel very positive and I feel very positive also because a lot of people are really interested in intuition and healing, not the billion dollar fancy industry that you buy, you know, 70 pound stretch pants for, but the real community building, because we are as a world, a community, and that starts with your next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. That's such a brilliant thing to, to hear some kind of positivity and excitement even for what's what's to come. Um, thank you for all of that. So, so much wisdom in there. And what people hopefully will take away from this conversation is that we can, we can make a difference in our own life and in, and in the world by taking, taking control of, as you say, of our, of our thoughts, of our energy, of our actions. I would love to say one last thing, which is I, I have made my living making accurate predictions for 40 years. If anyone ever predicts something you don't like, don't sit around and worry about it. Find out how to change it. You know, and you you know everything anyone else knows. Find find that guidance, document it, prove it to yourself so your subconscious will let you use it to see ahead and plan effectively in the moment. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you so much. This is really fun. How cool. I loved that conversation so much. I really hope you did too. I'll be back on Thursday chatting to the kindness czar, Dr. David Hamilton, who shares some amazing insights on why kindness is so good for us mentally, physically and spiritually, and actually more contagious than the coronavirus. For more of our episodes, check out and subscribe to us on Apple or Spotify, and you can also connect with the Shelf Help family online via Instagram or our awesome membership community, the Shelf Help Clubhouse. And if you're interested in hosting a Shelf Help meetup in your area, we're launching our new online host training tomorrow, Wednesday the 1st of July. How exciting! To find out more about all of the ways to get involved and stay connected, head to our website, shelfhelp.club. Thanks for being here.